Thanks for joining us online today. If you'd like to join the conversation, we would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We hope that you enjoy this message. What is up, Next Level Church, man? Welcome, everybody. So pumped that you are with us for our big summer series that we're calling Breathing Room. And this is part two of our Breathing Room series. And the reason why we're talking about this, the reason why we are designating these six weeks this summer is because we want to make sure that every single one of us who are part of the Next Level Church family are getting ahead before the busy fall season hits where we can start to think through some priorities, think through what matters most to our family, to us, to our spiritual life, to our relational life, in every area of our life, we want to make sure that we're creating some breathing room, some opportunity for us to have some space inside of what is important. Now, before we get into all of that, let me uh, take a couple of minutes here, and I want to talk about an event that we are once again hosting and that's happening this fall, October the 2nd, Friday, October the 2nd at the Harborside Convention Center. Maybe you've heard us talk about it. It's been in the link, or you've heard us, uh, you know, talk about it online on social media. We are hosting Advance One Day, and Advance One Day is uh, that event that now for four years has been going on that we have been producing and hosting uh, to impact the business community of Southwest Florida. Let me, let me unpack this and pause and back up a little bit. See, the vision of Next Level Church is not just about what happens inside these four walls of our two churches, if you will. That what happens here, attending, connecting in connection groups, serving strategically with our gifts and talents is amazing. But the vision of Next Level Church goes far beyond just what happens on our weekends or what happens on Wednesday nights in our student ministry or what happens in homes across Southwest Florida with our connection groups. The vision of Next Level Church goes far beyond that. See, the the vision of Next Level Church is to be a light to the darkness, is to impact all of Southwest Florida and honestly, our nation. And see, in the last four years or so, God has raised up Next Level Church and given us a voice in our region, the region of Southwest Florida, in a very specific way, and that is to impact, to influence the influencers, to impact and influence the business community. See, God has given us insight and ability to speak leadership principles to the business community of Southwest Florida and, in a lot of ways, to our nation as well. See, here's what we discovered a a while ago. We discovered that one of the greatest unreached people groups, not just in Southwest Florida, but in our nation, is the business leadership community. And when I say that, here's, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about anyone, honestly, who, who works a job but doesn't work in a church type of setting, that that is the, the people that we're talking about. And for us, honestly, that's most of us. That's most of the people who work outside of the home, inside of Next Level Church. You're a part of the business community of what we're talking about. So whether you're a, an administrative assistant or you're a manager, whether you're a salesperson or a marketing person, a leader, an entrepreneur, a, a business owner, you work in a department somewhere, you're a teacher or faculty, administrator, you're a server in a restaurant, you work in retail, all of that space, that's what we're talking about. And think about it. One of the greatest unreached and untapped uh, tribes, if you will, across Southwest Florida and across our nation is the business community. Well, see, we believe God has given us the ability and the anointing, the gifting to speak leadership and team building and culture building principles to the business community. This began four years ago. We, we kind of started this idea here at our church. We, we had our plantation campus, and we, the first year we did Advance One Day was on a Friday, and it was, uh, we had over 400 business leaders who came to plantation campus, and we trained them for an entire day. And at the end of that, they said, man, we, this is great. Let's do this again. So n- the next year, we rented out Harborside 
worldwide, and, and we had over 650 business leaders. And then last year, uh, in October, we had over 1,000 business leaders. So the reason why I tell you this is because uh, this is you. This is us. This is a strategic outreach of Next Level Church. And so I just want to encourage you to start praying about that event, bringing people, get your tickets. Early bird pricing is happening right now. If you go to advanceoneday.com, that's the website. You can get all the information. And I think if you bring a team, uh, it's only 30 or $35. And see, here's the goal. Our goal is to add so much value to the leaders that are there that they walk away going, holy cow, that was incredible. Every year we hear people say, man, you could have charged us three times as much. Yes, that's the point. We want to add value like crazy. We're not going to do a bait and switch thing. It's not going to be spooky, kooky, or weird. Trust us, we're just going to add so much value. And here's what we found. What we found is when we do that, Every single year, we have people who are friends or in relationship with with people like you in our church, and they go, man, is your church like this? And here's what happens. We find out that there's an openness to, to church. There's an openness to the things of God. And honestly, there's an openness to a relationship with Jesus Christ that comes. Why? Because we've added value first. So advanceoneday.com. Make sure you go there, you guys. Early bird pricing is happening here in the next couple of weeks. Take advantage of that because we're going to fill the Harborside Convention Center again this year with business leaders, men and women just like you and your colleagues and your coworkers. And we're going to add value like crazy and watch God show up in their lives through the remainder of the year. It's incredible. So now all of that to say we are in part two of our breathing room series. And, and I want to talk this weekend about a concept that, is, that is, is so important and so essential if we're going to be able to create breathing room in our life. And that concept is margin. I want to talk about the concept of Margin. Now, margin, see, is, is like, think about the, pay, like, remember the little red line when you were in elementary school that your teacher said, you know, don't go past the red line, and sure enough, you'd be riding along, and then you'd get there, and you'd like, your paper, go, your, your pen, you know, would go all the way off of the paper. Well, that's, that's margin. Matter of fact, for me, I'm kind of an old school guy still, and so my, my speaking notes for, for talks like this that I do, I have figured out on my word processor that I can make the margins really, really small. So I have half-inch margins all the way around my notes because I can get more content on the page. Well, that's good except for the fact that when I go back and I start rehearsing and practicing my notes and, and talking through them, that when I want to add things to it, I don't have any room for that. And so I find myself often, you know, on my notes, I'll be writing something and then I'm like, ah, oh, and all of a sudden, you know, I've got it turned and it's upside down and it's backwards and it's all the way curl around. Why? Because, because I've shrunk the margins. And see, the margin in our life is essential. It's not optional, it's essential. So let me start with this question, which is probably the question you're asking this weekend, and that is, Matt, what is margin? Well, okay, Matt, great, we, we get it, margin's important, but what, did, what is margin? Well, let me give you a, a definition of what margin is. Okay, ready? Here you go. Margin is the space between the stuff that makes the stuff worthwhile. Margin is the space between the stuff that makes the stuff worthwhile. In, in other words, it's, it's the gaps, it's the space. What? What's the problem? Is there, is there a problem with the slide? Oh, <laughs> let, me, let me do this again. What is margin? Margin is, watch this, the space between the stuff that makes the stuff worthwhile. Margin is the spaces. See, when we think about words and sentence structure, we think it's all about the words. But the truth is, too many words with no space between isn't effective at all. 
It is the space between the stuff that we claim is important, the stuff that we claim is significant, the space between the stuff that makes the stuff worthwhile. That is margin. And see, here's the reality. Without the spaces, and without the spaces in our life, everything runs together. Without the spaces, nothing stands out. Without the spaces, nothing ends up being important. And we can have the greatest words inside of a sentence, but without the spaces, nothing ends up being significant and standing out and mattering. And see, Here's the big idea that I want us to get this weekend, Next Level Church. Here's here's the big idea. The quickest way for something important to lose its significance in our life is to take away the margins around it. The quickest way for something important to lose its significance in our life is to remove the margins around it. So think about it. That thing that we say is so important, that thing that we say, man, this is the top of my list. My relationship with God, God is so important. It's the number one thing. Okay, listen, if we don't create space around it, then it will, in, it will lose its significance. Its importance will begin to, to diminish because we've diminished the space around it. If we say that our relationship with our family is important and at the top of our list, then guess what? When we, when we shrink the space around it, Its significance and importance must go down. That's the power of margin. That's the power of creating space. Let me define margin another way. Ready? Here you go. Margin is the distance between where we are and our limits. Margin is the distance between where we are and our limits. It's it's the lines on the highway. And you're rolling down the highway and they've got those, those solid lines on the side, right? Why? Because they're saying, hey, there's margin here. There's, there's a little bit of pavement left between you and bad things happening to you. And then what have they done? Uh, and I love this. They put rumble strips, right? They put rumble strips out the way so that if you drift past the line, you're, you'll start, blah, 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 blah. you know, you'll hit those rumble strips. Well, well, what's the significance of that? The significance is they're saying, hey, you're running out of margin. You're running out of margin. And the minute you run out of margin, bad things are going to happen to you and to your car and to your family and to everything that's important inside of your vehicle. And here's what I would say. My contention this weekend, Next Level Church, is that a lot of us are running our life on the rumble strips. A lot of us are living our life without space around those things that we're claiming to be most important, most significant to us. And we're running the risk of bad things happening to that which we're saying is most important inside of the vehicle, inside of our life. So we've got to talk about this margin issue. Now, when you came into your service, whatever service you're in, Gateway Campus, love you guys. Come on, Gateway. Everybody, every service plantation to pull out that little slip of paper inside your bulletin because I want to talk about four things that we must know about margin, four things that we just got to know about margin, four things that matter most to us concerning this margin issue, four truths, if you will. Here you go. Ready? Here's number one. Number one, we live in a world that celebrates busyness. We live in a world that celebrates busyness, don't we? We live in a world that that says, you know what? The busier you are, the more successful you are. Our world believes that. They believe that busyness is success. And the busier someone appears to be, then in our mind subconsciously, we think the more successful they must be, don't we? Isn't it interesting that the most common response to the question, how are you doing? is usually one of two things, isn't it? It's either, man, I'm just so busy right now in my life, or it is, man, I'm just so tired in my life right now, or a combination of them, right, which says, man, I'm so busy, I'm just worn out, I'm just tired because I'm busy. Okay, isn't it interesting that we live in a world that celebrates busyness and calls it success? But, but here's the interesting thing to me. 
The Bible actually has much to say about this issue. It actually speaks to the other side of this. Matter of fact, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Check this out. The verses are on the screen. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The apostle Paul is speaking to this, and here's what he has to say about it. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. The way the world thinks, the way the world says is success, the the busyness is, okay, do not be conformed to that pattern, he says, but instead be transformed. And how do we do that? We are transformed, look at the verse, by the renewing of our mind. Don't conform to this busyness is success mentality that the world says is true. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, by thinking differently about this stuff. And then he says, here's the result. Look at this. I love this. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Did you realize, Next Level Church, that it's possible for us to know the will of God? Have you ever thought about that? That it's possible for us to know the will of God. And Paul says the way we can know that is by not conforming and just going along with the pattern of the world, but instead renewing our mind that when you and I get into the rhythm of God's grace for our life, we have the ability to know his good, pleasing, and perfect will for our life. My friend, Pastor Brady Boyd, uh, who pastors New Life Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, wrote a book last year called Addicted to Busy. Matter of fact, I've, I've actually held that book up and referenced that book here on the stage in the, in the last few months as we've kind of hinted at this subject. Well, one of the things he says in his book, Addicted to Busy, is this. Listen to this quote. Brady says, speed, speed of life, speed is the single greatest threat to a healthy life. Isn't that interesting? Speed is the single greatest threat to a healthy life. Here's the deal, you guys. Satan would love nothing more than to get us so busy that we cannot be about God's purposes for our life. That's, that's the strategy of the enemy. But the Bible says don't conform to that. We've got to understand that we live in a world that celebrates busyness and calls it success. Number two, here's the second truth. Most of us are trying to do too much. Most of us are trying to do too much. Because we live in a world that is busy, And because we live in a world that celebrates busyness, then by nature, most of us are honestly just too busy. We are are doing too much. There's this incredible illustration uh, that, that Jesus gives us in the life of Jesus when he was on earth. In Luke chapter 10, the Bible talks about it, that Jesus had been out being busy and ministering to so many people and doing the will of God for his life and just going crazy. And so then he comes back and he wants to take a respite. He wants to relax a little bit with two of his friends. Mary and Martha were two of his best friends. And so he goes to their home. And inside of Luke chapter 10, there's this interesting story where, where Jesus gives us a picture of, of our choice in terms of his presence in our life. And, and we see this choice with Mary and Martha. Look, here's what it says. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Then look at this part. But Martha was distracted by busyness, by all the preparations that had to be made. So Martha hears that Jesus is coming. He comes, he sits down in the living room, and Martha is in the kitchen just working and going crazy and being busy and being active because Jesus is here. So I got to do all this stuff, and I'm busy, 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 busy. Mary, her sister, on the other hand, was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Look what it says. She came to him, Martha came to him and asked, Lord, 
Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Lord, don't you even care that I'm going crazy with my busyness and my sister's just sitting there being lazy? Tell her to help me. (laughs) She's like, Jesus, pull rank, man. Tell her to get up and help me. And then look what Jesus says. Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. No, 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 not that. (laughs) Okay, look, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. You're so busy, Martha, but few things are needed. Or indeed, Martha, in this moment in time, only one thing is needed. Look, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus looks right at Martha and he says, Martha, listen, you have become so busy that you are missing the point of all of it. You are missing the most important thing, which is spending time with me, being in the presence of Jesus. That is the most important thing. And so Martha, don't miss it with your busyness when Mary is the one who actually understood that and got it right. Jesus made it pretty clear who had made the better choice in this. And the better choice was to sit at the feet of Jesus. To say, you know what? I'm going to slow my life down. I'm going to, I'm going to smooth these things out. I'm going to eliminate some things if I have to. Why? Because sitting at the feet of Jesus is the most important. And next level church, listen, I believe that's a word for so many of you this weekend. God is calling you. You have been so busy doing too much that you're missing the most important thing which is carving in space and time daily to sit at the feet of Jesus. See, we live in a world that celebrates busyness as success, and most of us are trying to keep up with that pattern. Most of us are trying to do too much. Here's the third truth about margin, things we need to know about margin. It's this. We can't mistake movement for forward progress. We live in a world where it causes us this danger, this caution, that that we can mistake movement for forward progress. Listen, just because there's a lot of movement and commotion in our life, just because there's a lot of moving around and swirling around, doesn't necessarily mean we're making progress in the right direction. Let me illustrate this. Uh, several times a year, we'll, Sarah and I will have uh, you know, uh, one of the families, one of the ministry couples in our church that's on our staff, over to our house. Well, of course, our kids are older now. My boys are 14, almost 15, and 12. And so whenever we have one of the couples over from, from our staff, they, a lot of them are in that phase where they have toddlers in their family. You know, their kids are, are in that toddler two or three years of age, you know, deal. And we love having them over. It's fun to have small kids in the house. And so inevitably, you know, they'll come over and the kids will take off and go upstairs and they'll be in Will's room or in Drew's room and they'll be digging out toys and we'll be downstairs and we can hear things flying and crashing and chaos going on. Well, it, it never fails that when we leave, like when that couple leaves and goes home, We'll go up into one of the boys' rooms where they were playing, and I mean, it is like a hurricane. Like, clearly, there has been a two-year-old in the house, and there are toys scattered everywhere. Okay, here's the thing. Toddlers are a great illustration of this. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of commotion, but oftentimes, there's not a lot of forward progress. And see, watch this. This is so important, guys. We got to get this because... Some of us have so much movement going. We, I mean, we're a whirling dervish, right? Like we're just, woo, Tasmanian devil. We're just spinning around, going crazy. But here's the question. Are we really making progress? Let me ask you to, to get real personal real quick. Ready? 
in all of your commotion, in all of your movement on a daily basis, are you, do you just have a lot of moving around? Or are you actually making progress toward what you say and believe is most important in your life? Are we making progress daily toward that which is most important? Or are we just moving around? Is there just a lot of swirling about? Is there just a lot of toddler type movement? See, just because there's movement doesn't necessarily mean there's forward progress. Here's the fourth truth that we've got to understand about margin. The fourth truth we've got to understand is this. Living marginless causes us to forget who the real enemy is. Living marginless in our life causes us to forget who the real enemy is. It causes us to forget who we should be battling and fighting against. And if we're not careful, living marginless, squeezing the spaces out of what is important and significant in our life will actually cause us to fight against the wrong things. Let me illustrate this with a a story from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the people of God, the children of Israel, uh, were were under a king. And that king's name was Saul. He was the first king over Israel. Well, his son-in-law, David, was anointed to be the king to follow Saul, to be the successor. And so uh, through some cool events, uh, David becomes his son-in-law. David uh, slays Goliath. Many of us remember that story, Kay. And so he kind of has this national prominence and fame. and Everybody likes David. And they know, man, he's going to be the next king someday. But here's the deal. David had no, no, nothing in him that was trying to usurp Saul. Like he, was, he, had not, he didn't have a, a bad bone in his body in terms of Saul's leadership. He wanted nothing more to serve Saul, his father-in-law, and to, to be about that vision. Now, here's what you need to know. The number one enemy of the children of Israel were the Philistines, the Philistines. Now, maybe for some of us, we recognize that word because Goliath, from the David and Goliath story, okay, Goliath was a Philistine. And so the arch enemy of the children of Israel were the Philistines. And so Saul and David, as military warriors, as kind of leaders of the army, they needed to be focusing their attention on fighting and battling the Philistines. And David did that. Any chance he had, he would go out and lead men out and try and push back the Philistines and guard the people of God and and the, the, the Israelites, and he would do all of that. Well, here's the thing. The more successful David got, the more his father in law, Saul, became jealous of him. And so here's what happened Saul, in all of their busyness and all of their doing, instead of being focused on fighting the Philistines, actually pulled his men off of those battles and instead started chasing after David. And the Bible records for a long, long time, several years, Saul was fighting the wrong battle. He was trying to kill David instead of trying to destroy the true enemy, the Philistines. Matter of fact, there's this incredible verse in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verses 1 and 2. Look what it says. This is such a good picture of it. It says, after Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, so he was pursuing the Philistines, the enemy, the real enemy, and he pulls his guys off of them. Why? Because he was told David is in the desert of Engedi. He heard that David was hiding out nearby. And so he said, you know what? I'm going to leave the, the real battle, the Philistines, and I'm going to take these guys over there, and I'm going to try and kill my own family. Look, verse 2. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from Israel and set out to look for David and his men. Here's what happened. Saul got busy. Saul got distracted. And in all of his busyness and all of his distraction and all of his movement, he ended up not fighting the real important fight, which was the Philistines, and instead started fighting against what was important in his life, his family. And Next Level Church, 
Here's what I want us to see. Is it possible that some of us are losing credibility with those around us because we are not fighting the right battles? Is it possible, business leaders, I'll speak to you for a minute, that we are losing credibility with our team. We are losing credibility with our employees. We're losing credibility with those around us because they see us fighting battles that are actually working against the mission that we say we're on. Is it possible that parents, that we are fighting the wrong battles and consequently losing credibility with those who matter most to us? Is it possible, mom and dad, that our kids wish we would fight the battle for margin and rest and relationship in our family instead of fighting the battle of busyness and activity and being involved in every activity under the sun. Now, mom and dad, come on, let me challenge you. If you're a parent listening to me, come on, because our world says busyness with our kids is success. Let me push against that a little bit. Listen, is it possible that our kids might actually respect us more if they saw us fighting for the battle that was important, which is being around the table a few nights a week and not being so busy crazy that we're all up till hours of the night trying to finish homework and finish projects and going crazy and throwing chicken nuggets back in the minivan. Is it possible that our kids would actually respect us more if they saw us putting the time and energy and attention into saying, listen, let's be still for a little bit. Let's rest and focus on that in relationship instead of focusing on being out eight nights a week. Is it possible, parents? See, when what we pursue matters more to our lives, to our relationships, to our reputation, and to our, our effectiveness than we can possibly imagine. Margin matters. So what do we do with all this? What, that's great, Matt, but what, what do we do now? Well, I'm glad you asked because here's what I want to do. I want to give you three quick tips on how to increase space around the words that are significant in your sentence, how to create margin around those things in your life and my life that we say matter most to us, okay? So I wanna give us three quick tips and then I wanna give us a practical uh, step that we can take this weekend that, that will help us improve space margin in our life and give us more breathing room. So here are three quick tips, ready? Number one, turn it off. Number one, turn it off. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the noise. I'm talking about the technology. I'm talking about the screens. Listen, I firmly believe that every single day of our life needs to have a beginning and an ending to when we can and will and should be interrupted. Some of us, the minute your alarm goes off, you open that thing and you've got 14 alerts, 14 emails, and 14 texts waiting for you. And as soon as you wake up at oh dark 30, your mind is instantly being interrupted. Your mind is instantly being uh, interrupted in those alerts. And oh, I got to deal with that. And I better think of that. And that's stressed. And you, boom, and you've started your day. Here's what I believe. I believe it's, it's, it's essential especially for those of us who are followers of Jesus, to carve in time at the beginning of our day where we say, you know what? No screens allowed. When, when do you spend time with God? When do you spend time in God's word, the Bible? When do you spend time with Jesus saying, Jesus, I want to focus on you today. I want to order my steps toward you today. I, wanna, I don't want to just make movement today. I want to make forward progress today. I believe it's essential that daily we need to have time before we turn it all on. And then we need to have a stopping point. A moment in time at the end of our day where we say, you know what? Enough is enough. Say la is the Hebrew word. That's enough. Amen. It's done. It's enough for today. 
and we turn it all off at 6 o'clock or at 6.30 or at 7, whatever your time is, or you turn it off and you leave it in the other room and you say, all of that can wait. I need space. I think it's so important for us to turn it off daily. I think it's important for us to turn it off weekly where we have a day of rest. We as humans were not created by God to work seven days a week nonstop. He said six days, then rest. Six days, then rest. Are you taking a Sabbath? Are you resting? I think it's important to turn it off quarterly. I think it's important to turn it off yearly. My wife and I, you've heard us talk about this. We are, we are crazy about using up all of our vacation days. It matters. There's a reason why you were given those vacation days. They're not optional. They're oxygen. And that's what we've got to understand. So number one, turn it off. Number two, cut stuff. Number two, plain and simple. I don't know how else to say this any more simply than cut stuff. Okay, here's the illustration. If you went to the doctor... And the doctor said, man, because of your health, whatever, you were having some health issues, because of those issues, here's what I need you to do. For the next six months, I need you to eliminate 25% of your commitments. So take, take, give me your calendar, everything you're committed to, okay? 25%, it's like playing the lifeboat game. You know what I'm talking about? Like the lifeboat game where you say, hey, man, if there's four people in a boat, it's going to sink if we can only, you know, save three. Who gets thrown overboard, okay? Horrible game to play with your friends, great game to play with your calendar, the lifeboat game, right? It's a great game to play with your calendar. And some of you, when you hear me say that, you're freaking out. You're like, there's no way I could cut stuff. There's no way. Okay, then here's what I'd say. Hand it to your doctor. Hand it to your spouse. Hand it to your kids or your team at work and say, team, if we had to cut 25% of our activities for the next couple of quarters, what would we cut? And if you can't seem to find the courage to hand it to any of those people, then here's what I'd say. Hand it to your mother-in-law. Yeah, she'll tell you the truth. Give your calendar to your mother-in-law. You know why? Because she knows exactly the things that are going on in your calendar that are taking up space that are killing you and her daughter or her son or her grandkids, okay? Your mother-in-law will tell you the truth if nobody else in your world will. Cut stuff. Matter of fact, here's the, here's the part that I want you to see, okay? When you came in today, you were handed this card. Everybody grab this card, this little breathing room card on it, okay? And on this card, there's a plus sign with a line. There's a minus sign with a line. And then there's a less than sign and a greater than sign. Plus, minus, less and greater than sign. Here's what we want you to do. Okay, ready? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to start thinking about, first of all, those things that you need to add. Some of you, you need to add in space at the beginning of your day. That's something that you need to add. As I've been talking, I, I think that this weekend, God's been, been stirring some of our hearts and saying, man, I, yeah, I need to add that. I need to add uh, family dinner time around the table a couple nights a week. And it's, what do you need to add? The minuses, what do you need to cut? This is the cut stuff line right here. Man, I got to cut this, man. You know what? We just need to stop doing that. Without excuse, we just, boom, we need to be done with that. I need to cut that, okay? And then watch this. The less than sign is, what are those things that maybe you can't cut in your life, but they need to decrease in this next season? You need to say, you know what? I've been, I've been putting a lot of time and attention into that, and I need to ratchet that down a little bit. I need to, need to crank that down a little bit. And then there's the greater than sign. What are those things that, are in my life that I actually need to add energy to. I need to add fuel to. I need to, I need to crank up a little bit. I need to turn that dial up. Plus, minus, less than, and greater than. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep that card. Why? Because this is your homework. This is our focus, you guys. Which leads to number three. Number three, what are the three quick tips to creating more space and margin in our life? Turn it off, cut stuff. And number three, stop taking yourself so seriously. Stop taking yourself so seriously. 
Here's what I've learned. I've learned in my life that when margin goes down, so does fun. When margin goes down, so does joy. So does peace. But when margin goes up in my life, so does fun. So does joy. So does peace. So does enjoyment in my life. So here's what I want you to do. We gave you this card and those lines on the front and on the back. Here's what I want you to do. On a scale of 1 to 10, and 10 is high, here's the question. Write down, right now, right where you're seated. How much fun are you having in your life? How much enjoyment do you have in your life? And there's no right or wrong answer. Maybe for you, you're a 5. And, uh, you know, it could be a lot better. Maybe you're a 4 or a 3. Maybe, maybe you're a 6 or a 7. Okay, write down 1 to 10. How much fun are you having? Now watch this. When you do the things on the front of the card, in the next 60 days, the number on the back of the card should go up by at least 2 or more. Will doing the things on the front make the number on the back increase by two or more in the next 60 days? If not, then you don't have the right things on the front of the card. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Why? Because I don't have to tell so many of you, life goes by like that. It goes by pretty quick, doesn't it? And if we don't stop, look around once in a while, we'll miss it. Next level church, margin, margin, space, breathing room matters. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have this weekend to sit and listen to this message. And God, I pray for courage for every single person who's listening. God, I pray that you give us the courage to Identify those things that we need to add into our life that create breathing room and margin and space. God, I pray you give us the courage to subtract those things and to, to make some hard phone calls and to make some hard cut lines in our life to say, you know what, in light of what really matters to me in this season, I've got to get rid of those things. And then, Lord, I pray you'd give us the ability to know and see those areas that we need to turn down and decrease and have less of in this season and those areas that we need to crank up and have more of in this season of our life. God, I pray you would do that. And, Lord, I pray, Jesus, that the number we wrote on the back would begin to increase in the next 60 days. God, that the enjoyment factor of our life would increase as we build in space and margin. God, this is an area that matters to you. Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to let it matter to us. Breathing room matters. And God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody at every campus who agreed said, amen. If your life has been impacted through this ministry, we would love to hear your story. Send us an email to mystory@nextlevelchurch.com. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. Also, if you want to support what God is doing here, you can do so through our website, nextlevelchurch.com, and help us bring more messages just like this one every single week. Your generosity is making an impact here and around the world. Thanks for joining us, and have a great week.